the occasion of a prophet visiting a town was frightening during the time of the judges let me take you back to the little town of bethlehem approximately 3000 years ago this was not just a prophet this was samuel the judge too and he had come to bethlehem when you think of a prophet you would picture a person who was quite harmless someone who did their prayers sacrifices made their appeals to the people and walked away but when you think of a judge you would think of a person who would judge over land disputes who would judge over crop cash and cattle disputes the tense nature changed and the people heaved a sigh of relief when samuel said gentlemen i am here on a happy mission and a pleasant cause i have come here to sacrifice and i hope you will all prepare yourselves for the ceremony and join me in those days a sacrifice meant a hot roast meal the men were thrilled and only too happy to join samuel at his time of sacrifice a little bit before 5 pm i'll see you all bring your entire families bring all your sons please all your sons and be my guest Samuel was in Bethlehem for a very special reason. Saul the current king did not really set out to please God. So Samuel was not surprised when God gave the green light for a change in the king. The person God wanted as ruler over his nation Israel was in this little town of Bethlehem. Samuel also knew that he is to anoint one of the sons of Jesse, one of the local villagers as king. Jesse was there in a Sunday best and he had nearly all his sons there seven out of eight isn't it reasonable to think that god will be reasonable his eldest sons were middle aged men in their late 30s and early 40s three of them were hand picked by king saul to be in the army the eighth and the last son was quite a character only around 15 years old aggressive made himself and played noisy instruments went around with a sling and stones unpredictable a person who wouldn't sit in one place that's why jesse had him take care of his animals the eighth son was also the son of the wife who had been previously married to a man named nehash This wife had had two daughters from her previous marriage who in turn had sons who were as old as Jesse's last son the problem kid Jesse was very reasonable in not bringing his youngest son right Samuel asked Jesse to introduce his sons to him Eliab the eldest was a splendid looking 6 foot plus tall man good choice for Samuel to himself but god does not measure men by their inches or hollywood glamour god measures a man's heart not eliab not aminadab son number 2 not shamma son number 3 not even son number 4 5 6 or 7 jesse are all your sons here jesse was stammering when he said yes sir I have another boy but sir he only watches 
the sheep. At last came the kid, the youngest, the embarrassing, awkward kid that Jesse tried to hide. The Bible describes this boy in 1 Samuel 16, 12 as ruddy with bright eyes. Don't know what it was, but God wanted Samuel to anoint him king. You know, God never picks up a man because of his name, not because of his because of his title or degree, not because of his height, good looks or brains. But here is a man after God's own heart, as the Apostle Paul paraphrases it a thousand years later. This love-starved, insecure, mixed-up, outcast son of Jesse and his unhappy second wife, God picked David. Whatever his later flaws, David had a heart for God and God a heart for David. Upon Samuel's anointing of David, the scripture says, And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. You can refer 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Even after David was anointed king, he was not valued in his own home. Imagine a prophet prophesying that you will one day become the Prime Minister of India. Won't your family celebrate? Won't they throw a party in your honour? Won't they start sending you for some formal training, maybe a degree in political science or economics or law? Not in David's home. No one was bothered. David was back taking care of his father's sheep the next morning. The huge and only difference was that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power and David would never be the same. I would like to ask you this important question. Do you have the Holy Spirit of God in your life? Your life will never be the same. Our prayers will have unbelievable power. The Holy Spirit will teach us everything we need to know and remember scripture. In John 14, 26, it says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and make you remember all that I have told you. With the Holy Spirit, we, have, we will have the boldness to preach the gospel. In Acts 4, 31, it says, When they finished praying, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to proclaim God's message with boldness. Here were the disciples locked up, hiding away till the Holy Spirit fell on them. And then they became very bold. Only with the Holy Spirit can we enter the kingdom of God. I am telling you the truth, replied Jesus, that no one could enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. A person is born physically of human parents but is born spiritually of the Spirit. All we need to do is to turn away from our sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, ask for forgiveness, and we will receive God's gift, the Holy Spirit. If you haven't already taken this most important step in your lives, I would ask you to do it this morning. Confess your sins, ask God for His forgiveness, and invite Him. To enter into your lives.
sadly david's father himself did not care much imagine the attitude and the amount of jealousy david's brothers would have had on david when samuel the prophet came and anointed david king over entire israel the philistines were the famous sea people the big name nation of the world at that time they tolerated and taxed israel israel mind you were ordinary tribesmen with a first generation king not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of israel because the philistine had said otherwise the hebrews will make swords or spears so all israel went down to the philistines to have their plow points mattocks axes and sickles sharpened so on the day of the battle not a soldier with saul and jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand only saul and his son jonathan had them first samuel 13:19 to 22 the entire country of israel had only two swords and two spears one was owned by king saul and another by his son jonathan even the israelite farmers would have to go to philistine their enemy to sharpen their own plows and axes imagine their plight philistine was very powerful compared to israel the military term for this is asymmetric warfare where one side is significantly better equipped with military equipment ammunition weaponry soldiers etc so here are david's three elder brothers enlisted and hand picked by Saul to fight in his army and they were fighting the Philistines the israelites are on one hill and on the opposite hill is the philistine camp in it is a giant a weapon of mass destruction a gladiator called goliath that is to be released on the israelites the hills are a position of strength so that both camps don't want to advance to the valley and make themselves easy targets Saul had galvanized his best men his most skilled men his most strong men David is not in the story how can he be he is unskilled David is a boy a ruddy young lad who takes care of animals no David David would normally have not been in the story but God had other plans God had earmarked this event for David's destiny ill equipped don't meet the criteria but when you have god's favor in your life he will put you in places you never imagined imagined yourselves to be in some of us want to reach our destiny without walking up the steps that lead to the destiny without wanting to follow the process if we don't follow the process we are going to go away from the promise to go towards the promise we have to follow the process jesse calls his son david and asks him to go and deliver lunch to his brothers who were on the battlefield david david didn't tell his father to find somebody else to take the lunch to his brothers he didn't argue with his father don't you know that i have been destined to be king if you are faithful over small things i'll make you a ruler over many Matthew 5:23 If David hadn't been faithful in delivering lunches he would never have found his purpose Are you in a stage in life where you think you should be this 
and you should be that when you think you are in the wrong place where you are now is not your destination but remember it is a process start where the opportunity is and go where he wants you to go but you cannot accomplish it murmuring and complaining and grumbling in philippians 2:14 it says this do not do all things without grumbling or questioning always carry your warfare wherever you're going whatever you're doing here was david just going to deliver lunch to his brothers like a swiggy or zomato delivery boy however he had a sling with him satan is always looking for ways to attack he's looking for the time and place when we least expect it when we are most vulnerable the soldiers are skilled in warfare as david is skilled as a shepherd boy handpicked by saul best of the best you can expect god to put you in places where you're interacting with people out of your league but when you are there don't act like them but be yourself these men trained and were skillful in hand to hand combat they probably trained 8 to 12 hours a day however when they saw goliath they fell back like dead men goliath had been tormenting the israelite army for 40 days goliath came taunting and challenging the israelites to pick and send their best man to fight against him a terrified israelite soldier like all others described goliath as a monster 10 feet tall wears a bronze helmet his spear could be used as a weaver's beam and an iron head that weighs 6 kilos so much that it would make a good plow tip this spear is like a tree and this monster animal casually waves it around scaring the daylights out of us his bronze coat is heavier than you david here was david the least of the men no credentials no training no authorization no skill david jumped to his feet and his love for god spoke loud and clear who is this philistine that he should defy the armies of the living god i'll kill him the israelites saw goliath as an impossibility but david god david saw goliath as an opportunity david didn't have a sword he didn't have a shield but he did have courage remember eliab david's elder brother he appears out of nowhere and scolds david what are you doing here why aren't you back with your little flock of sheep you cheeky fellow sneaking down here to see the fighting especially when you're sincerely doing god's work don't let negative people affect you as if eliab or anybody else was fighting every one of the israelites including mighty saul was as scared as a chicken saul david told himself have courage the battle belongs to the lord saul was impressed the intensity the fire the self discipline of all the hard hard fought years in the hills with the sheep was impressive on david remember god uses your past to help you in your future god uses your present for your future not one of your experiences is going to be wasted not one of your tears is going to be wasted not one of your seconds in prayer is going to be wasted not one of your struggles is going to be wasted not one of your wounds or your scars will be wasted
He knew you in your mother's womb. He orders your steps. All things work together for good them that for them that love God. Thank God for the lion. Thank God for the bear. If it weren't for them, I wouldn't be able to fight the giant. Sir, that heathen had defied the armies of the living God. And if he helped me kill the lion and the bear, he'll definitely protect me and kill this Philistine. You should understand the Saul's we come across. Saul was a man who rebelled in his heart against God. Out of his fear of a man who walked with God, the mention of God had this um, compelling effect that he let David go. A man who rebels against God fears a man of God. We see that Saul really goes out of his way and in desperation he gives rewards like his wealth, he writes off his fam writes off family's taxes and even gives his daughter's hand in marriage. Why was the king rewarding so much? It was the king's Goliath, not David's Goliath. It was King Saul who should have fought Goliath. Put your energy into something that is for someone else. No matter how sincere David is, how anointed David is, how good is he is, he cannot enter his destiny without confronting Goliath. This episode transitions him from a shepherd boy and positions him to be king. The transition that takes you to the next stage in your life is to defeat the Goliath in your life right now. The giant is only a road marker and not a mountain in front of you. When the 12 spies were sent to the promised land, Canaan by Moses, they saw giants. Your promise will always have giants. What is standing between you and God's promises and God's purpose for your life? What is the Goliath in your life? We all know what happened next and the event in which the God of David defeated mighty Goliath using just a small pebble and a rugged sling in the hand of a little boy whose heart wanted to always please his makers. A thousand years later, in the line of David was born our Lord Jesus, and he died on the cross for us and rose up from the grave victorious. Jesus has conquered all the Goliaths on our behalf. The Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for this time where we've learned so much, Lord, from what David went through in preparation to fight Goliath. Father, we want to thank you for the first lesson, Lord, that the gift of the Holy Spirit strengthens our relationship with you and we will never be the same again. So I pray, Father, that if anybody here has not yet accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior, during this time, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would choose to follow you and, Lord, that, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit. There may be people here who are uh, still faithful in their little things, like delivering lunches that you have entrusted them with. Father, I pray that without murmuring, without grumbling, without being negative, 
they would be faithful being faithful is the first step and you lord can achieve your purposes in their lives if you we are all faithful father your promise to us will always have giants what is standing between you and god's purpose for your life can we identify those areas and our challenges as our second step let us remember our past victories our experiences and take courage from that shall we surrender it all into god's hands because jesus has conquered all the goliaths on the cross and he has already given us victory all we need to do is reach out and claim it thank you lord for your word we thank you and we love you for praying jesus most precious name amen